just don't ever want to think about anything again regarding <laughs> you and your life. <laughs> uh, I Okay. Okay. <laughs> Not to say that I did. What? I mean, just to, now, just to throw it out there. What? <laughs> Why would you throw that out there? Why would you throw? I don't know. I kind of regret it now. <laughs> did you wake up, Chris Breezy? <laughs> now you kind of regret it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, doesn't your mom, your mom is an avid listener to this too. You need to apologize to her. She knows right that now. I support. Right. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. No. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. E-Dub in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear. Presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, Go Nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. The great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I could, I could wake up to that greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, Nose fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go Nose. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan from Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. It is August 4th on this wonderful Tuesday evening. We have quite a bit to talk about. We're going to start getting into some offensive depth chart projections. We're also going to give our reactions to the new ACC schedule update. I also run through some recruiting. We're going to go through our top three worst segment, which is going to be the top three worst texts to receive from somebody. And to end off the podcast, we are going to run through basketball with Austin and Dustin and then run through FSU trivia. Um, as always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play. Definitely always want to give a shout out to the people and the listeners that are leaving five stars on iTunes. It really helps a lot, and we've seen a lot of uh, new reviews come through. So once again, thank you. I want to shout out Cade218. Uh, says, a great podcast to listen to if you want to hear sports opinions and views from a knowledgeable source. And also, BP underscore 1023, I think he's in the Discord uh, he said, big fan of what you are doing at NG, bringing a little different and younger vibe to the Noel podcast gang. I listen to every episode and have witnessed this grow and get better each and every time. Keep up the good work, fellas. And as always, go Noles. So appreciate everyone that leaves a five star. If you want to, we will shout you out on the next podcast. Um, but yeah, let's go and introduce my two co-hosts, uh, Dustin Lewis, our lead writer and editor, and then also Austin Vizi, our lead basketball writer. Righty, righty. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> How come the last righty. word? How come the last word when I'm done with that? I was going so smooth. I can't figure out the last word. That's all I had to do. Welcome to the show. Yeah. How are you gentlemen doing this evening? Better than you. <laughs> yeah. I'm not having a stroke. Yeah. That was tough. 
I was struggling. <laughs> I, I'm, that was really hard for me. But at least, at least we got through it smooth for the most part. Um, y'all having a pretty good week. Nothing going on. Nothing too crazy. And I know y'all have y'all's NBA back, and so y'all are just glued to your screens. As much as I can. Yeah, I'm cashing in the bets. Oh yeah, Dustin's back gambling again. So if you're if you're a regular listener, or old listener, you probably know that me and uh, Austin really gave Dustin a really hard time on his gambling addictions, and he was losing money every night. He'd get on here and get into the production meeting and complain that he lost like forty dollars uh, like two hours ago. But then he's gonna bet some more money. So look, Dustin's back gambling. We're really getting back to regular life, gentlemen. <laughs> We're getting close, honestly. If, if Dustin's losing his money uh, nightly, um, shoot, there's games going on during the day. We're we're really getting close to being back and, and sports being in our life again. Would like to say that I went 24 and 11 yesterday. Solid day. Okay, that that's not too bad. But also now, a lot of bets. I was about to say where I thought you didn't have a job. Where are you getting this money from? Well, you know it's. It's small money wager. <laughs> Lordy day. I need to get whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing, you know, jumping in this, definitely want to appreciate everybody that sent in questions last week. That was gigantic. My mind was hurting after I felt like I was studying. Uh, and it was really good questions, too, from everybody that threw them in on Discord and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I think it was like 45 or so questions we answered, but definitely appreciate everybody engaging and sending those to us. Maybe we'll do one, um, you know, later on during the whenever the season kicks off. Uh, but yeah, shout out to you guys for throwing those at us, but let's go and get started. We have quite a little bit to talk about. Obviously, I think the next day it came out, the schedule update from the ACC, uh, I was actually told a little bit of this earlier on. I didn't really run with the info because I didn't really trust the source as much as my other ones, but it's official. Florida State's going to be playing at Notre Dame. hope your source no. doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> no. Throw him under I, the bus. I think he actually does. So uh, <laughs> to him, love you. Love you, man. Uh, but <laughs> I just couldn't run with it. I just couldn't run with it, man. Uh, next time, next time. Next time, next time, I promise. But let's run through. So, obviously, uh, Georgia Tech, which I was told in North Carolina, we're going to come into Tallahassee, um, Pittsburgh. And then also, uh, you get a little bit of Virginia and then Clemson as your home games there. And then you go to Duke, you go to Louisville, you obviously go to Miami, you go to NC State, and then the big cat daddy one here, Florida State at Notre Dame, which is most likely going to be a primetime matchup no matter what. Um, but what was y'all's initial uh, reactions um, whenever that news became public last week? My first thought was uh, shout out the ACC for continuing to hate us. Um, the teams we don't play, Boston College, Syracuse, um, Wake Forest, and who's the other one? West Virginia, well, Boise State. Oh no, like from conference teams. It's it's Wake Forest, Boston College, and Syracuse. Those are the only conference teams. Yeah. So shout out the ACC for not giving us three worst opponents, and instead giving us Notre Dame, and Virginia, and North Carolina. Appreciate it. Yeah, you also get in maybe a little bit of some Jeff Sims from Georgia Tech too coming into town. It's pretty funny that uh, two 
big time targets at one point. Uh, definitely Sam Howell for a full time, but the the um, Jeff Sims situation is, is a little bit different with Morvell coming in. But you've got two cats coming in that were at one point really really highly targeted as future They're both quarterbacks at Florida, Florida State. State. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for months. Exactly, and you have those two cats coming into Tallahassee. Uh, this upcoming season, as it's slated from the new ACC update. I'm also happy I don't. My, at first, my only option to see FSU in person this year was to go to at go to NC State. I was not looking into that, not looking forward to that. But I can go to Duke now, and you know they don't care about football. I'll probably be the only fan there, anyways. <laughs> yeah, if, if they'll let you in. Yeah, that, yeah, that's part of it. But um, even, even if they did allow fans, even if they were allowing fans, I mean. Would Duke really let you in, Austin? I mean, look at you. They let me into Cameron. If they let me into Cameron Indoor, I think they'll let me into that football stadium. <laughs> That's true. They have a lot less security there. Yeah. <laughs> um, what game now? Obviously, the North, you go to Notre Dame. Uh, it's been rumored that might kick off the season with Florida State, which obviously, you know, TV deals and money is what. M- means the most now in life and sports and whatnot, but that could be a potential starter for the game. That's a rumor that I heard early on when I was given these games. Uh, but I, I think the game that intrigues me the most, I mean, probably North Carolina. I think North Carolina obviously is a team that's coming up. They're going to have a really good offense this upcoming season. I like mm. Sam Howell as a quarterback. So that game probably intrigues me the most, and it also comes kind of with the storyline as the last time they came here, you know, they beat Florida State at home. I remember that uh, big time. Uh, but that's probably the game that I think intrigues me a On a, a BS lot. pass interference penalty. Mm. Tell you, let's tell not, let's you not really forget feel. that. Let's not forget yeah. that. It's been four years, but let's not forget. I was watching that game in Minnesota. I was at the Ryder Cup, and we get on the bus, and I see Francois do that little spin move touchdown thing. I was like, oh, cool, mm. we won. Then I look at my phone 30 seconds later and go, wait, we lost? What? <laughs> it was like literally that fast. And I was so confused. Um, but yeah, that, that game's really intriguing. Obviously, I think every fan's upset, sort of upset that we don't get to play Florida um, since the SEC is not doing the conference and won. Um, so it's, it's, it's probably a good thing that we're not playing Florida, though. One less yeah. for sure loss. Yeah. Yeah, like you guys said, North Carolina going to be a very tough team coming in Tallahassee. They're garnering a lot of hype in that coastal division. I think right now they're the favorite to, well, I mean, not really a division anymore, but before before everything broke up, they were the favorite, the favorite to win the coastal this year. I mean, they have an exciting team, obviously a lot of momentum on the recruiting trail in this cycle currently as well. So yeah, like you said earlier, Logan, North Carolina on the come up under Mac Brown, who's old, this shit. I don't. I don't know what else to say. I don't know how he's doing it. He's a little senile at this point, but they're they're figuring it out. Yeah, I also kind of like this no division thing, or just one division, I guess technically. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they do it with basketball, and I think they do it with baseball already, right? Uh, I so. you're talking to the two worst people for that yeah. question. <laughs> well, I said I think so. Yeah, so yeah. I I kind of like it, and I wouldn't be upset if moving forward it was kind of like this instead of you played the same six teams every year and then rotate the other one since you already play in Miami every, every year. I wouldn't mind if they did something like this, get more rotation, get more parity in there. Now, let me get a question for you guys, because this is what I've asked um, 
a lot of our Instagram users when I went live. What game would you what uh would you rather play Notre Dame the first game or would you rather play them later on in the season? I'd rather not play them at all. <laughs> well, all right. I wish that was an option. Um, probably last or towards the end. Um, just because I mean, a really inexperienced team, brand new coaching staff, going to Notre Dame first game of the year doesn't sound like a pleasant time. You get time to work out the kinks. If you put it late October, early November, I think that'd be better for the team. And they'd go from zero percent to like two percent of winning the game. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you've got a new a new head coach, a new offense, basically a completely new coaching staff outside of a couple guys. You didn't get any spring practice. And I mean, who knows what the limitations are going to be in fall camp as we move forward. I know the NCAA is going to announce some news next week, so we'll see there. But like you said, Austin, not really a lot of time together yet, and it would not be the best situation for this group to go into Notre Dame, a team that has been solid over the last couple of years and still has Ian Book, who I swear has been there for 10 years at this point. It doesn't make sense that he's still there. But Notre Dame going to be solid in 2020, and we would rather start off with an easier team. So Yeah, I'd rather start off with Georgia Tech because they're still trying to figure out what they're doing, moving from the triple option a year ago to a new staff, so they're still working out kinks. be perfect if we could play them. Yeah, Georgia Tech or an easy non-conference game, please. <laughs> yeah, there's been some rumors maybe uh, that, you know, maybe Florida State can start off against Samford, and that's something that's been kicking in the last couple of days. I might be the one that's going reverse from, you know, playing Notre Dame later in the season when it's cold up there. I might have, I kind of go in the route of playing first game. They don't, they won't know much of how Norvell and Dillingham are going to utilize the uh, the talent that you got on offense. You're going to be switching it up. You could do a lot of different things. They don't have game film on you. Uh, definitely while you're at Tallahassee, in Tallahassee with your new coaching staff. I mean, that's where you can do a lot of shock factors and play around mm-hmm. with your tools a little bit. I mean, it's so, I mean, both games are going to be very hard to win, but I think there is an argument, too, there where some people are saying, you know, just start off against Notre Dame, see what it is, also facing a really good team and learn from it, watch film, too. Um, so I think it's both an interesting point to look at for sure. But playing in, at Notre Dame being freezing cold is something that I don't think a lot of uh, South Florida guys are a big fan of either. It's also one of those things like, I mean, hypothetically, let's say Blackman just sucks in fall camp and Purdy Pert- stands out and they're like, they make that decision. Okay, let's go with Chubber Purdy first game. Do you really want his first game to be at Notre Dame? We don't see that happening, Austin. Okay, I'm just... Hypothetically, hey, we haven't gotten to the depth. Hypothetically, (laughs) hypothetically, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely probably when it started, true freshman that also really hasn't had pads on, hasn't had pads on since being in Tallahassee, or wasn't here in the spring. I probably went through. I'd rather throw out Jordan Travis over Joe Purdy at this point. And now that's going to be what? quoted. That's going to be quoted and put on Twitter. I'm sure. What that I'm saying is, to say. <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that Chubba Purdy hasn't had uh, any kind. I mean, obviously he's had installs. He's been doing zooms from the beginning, but this man just now was able to get back out there and do field work with his teammates. Yeah, but Jordan um, Travis can't throw a past ten yards. Just let him run. He's got enough three guys next to him that can be thrown to, <laughs> and you can give Corey. Confusing. Just give Corey run the ball. 
This is confusing when we played triple option first game. <laughs> I think Robert Cooper at quarterback. Uh, uh, now, now we're getting silly. Put him at fullback. I know I'll get someone in the Discord to just tell me, uh, just to remind me about the Jordan Travis thing. So we might just edit and cut that out. But you know what? I have balls. I'm gonna keep it in there. But no, I do not think. Well, we're about to let's go and get into the offense projections, and we'll start off with quarterback. Does that sound good to you guys? Sure. Don't don't sound too excited. Are you guys excited for football season? I have been amped about it. I've been the one that has been positive about it. Austin's been negative. Nate has been negative. I'm still depressed that we didn't get March Madness. I'm just be honest. That's what it is. Uh, now he comes out and says it. I just don't want to be excited until I see them on the field during the first game playing for real. Okay. I'm trying to trying to temper my expectations of what actually happens. Just in case, you know, it all gets pulled out from under us. <laughs> I am going, I am full send. If you've listened to anything at all, uh, I have been full send on this football season. It's going to happen no matter what. It makes America better. Maybe we'll stop hurting each other and being idiots. Uh, we, we might be nice to one another. Uh, but uh, I, I think football season is going to happen. And I'm going to stick my, I'm going to stick to it too. I'm, I'm 100%. So, Jumping into the season, obviously the last couple of seasons offensively, Florida State has just been kind of like a, a chum bucket. I, I don't know how else really to explain it. Um, there's a few multiple starters that are out uh, that that were uh, on the 2019 team. Obviously, your biggest guy with production, running back Cam Akers, now at the Rams, who's probably going to do a lot of work over there in L.A., but... Right now, you've got a whole new staff. Kenny Dillingham coming from Auburn, Coach Atkins from Charlotte, uh, and a load of other coaches, too. Uh, and so it's going to start getting interesting with also a quarterback competition once again uh, at Florida State. So I say we go and jump into the quarterback position group. Uh, obviously, number one to start off with, James Blackman, Blackman, number two, Chubba Purdy. Number three, Tate Roadmaker, Jordan Travis. Um, and those are kind of like your four guys that are going to be that main uh, comp heading into uh, the, the practice starting on Friday. What are y'all's just first initial thoughts of the quarterback position group? Um, do you think there's a solidified starter heading into practice on Friday? Friday? I don't know if you would necessarily say a solidified starter, but I mean, you do have your starting quarterback in James Blackman, who already has two years of starting experience at the collegiate level and, and a third where he backed up DeAndre Francois for the majority of the season. But, you know, Blackman, well, he's added weight over the offseason and, you know, going into a new offense that doesn't exactly fit him. We'll have to see how he comes out early in camp. Then you have Chubb at Purdy and uh, that's going to be quite a battle. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's definitely going to be Blackman at first. Um, if he comes in and sucks it up, I mean, we'll see. I, I think he's got enough distance just from the experience he's got. I know it's a different playbook and everything, but I think you still got to go with the more experienced guy there. I think the only disagreement I would have with the depth chart is Jordan Travis 3, Rodemaker 4th. Um, but other than that, like, I mean, at that point, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I think, too, um, you know, like I was just noting earlier, 
and this kind of goes to Tate Roadmaker too. He early enrolled to hopefully have a spring, have a spring game, get start mm-hmm. getting connected and growing experience with his wide receivers. But Tate didn't even get that either. So it's now Chuba and Tate, kind of now on that same timeline, and they'll also have a good young uh, competition between one another. We haven't seen a lot from Jordan Travis throwing the ball. There was some rumors that getting the playbook down was a problem from for him, and that's. Pretty surprising, knowing a little bit from what we heard from Kendall Bryles and how kind of it's a, it's a pretty simpler offense to learn. And so that was kind of troubling in my mind to think of, you know, that maybe he wasn't getting the chance. I really would like to see Jordan Travis be utilized in some kind of way, though. I don't want it to be utilized where it's James Blackman slash Hornibrook like we saw last year. But I think Jordan Travis could be used in different packages mm-hmm. uh, to let him run that ball. He uses vision because I think he's a quarterback, but he's also got the vision of a running back. What do you guys think on that? Yeah, I think he's definitely a guy that you can throw in there for a couple plays here and there to try and try and get some yardage. But like you said, he's not a, he's not someone you can consistently rely on to go out there and and produce. And Travis, he still has a lot of development to go in his career. And we'll, we'll just have to see if that works out under Norvell, but I don't, I just don't ever see him as a starting quarterback, at least at Florida State. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, I know every, there's always that small hype train that thinks the grass is always greener, even if it's Wyatt Rector. Um, but yeah, he, I, there's he's not a starting quarterback in the ACC. There's I, there's no way, and that's not a drag on him. It's just there's no way. You sure there's no way? There's no way. Stop it. <laughs> that was a tagger take. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I think, obviously, James Blackman. And, well, let's jump into James Blackman then. What does he need to do to fix himself? Because he's had probably one of the most interesting careers as a quarterback I've had to cover since uh, covering the team in 2013. I mean, it's just been a spiral of different things happening. I mean, he's going um, now into his third coach the Jimbo Fisher, the Jimbo Fisher coach he had was not Jimbo Fisher coaching him. Um, Willie Taggart was Willie Taggart. We know how that went. Um, and now Mike Norvell, who a lot of people in around the country feel like this was a great pick and you know is good at improving quarterbacks and um, growing them into being something that can be productive on the field. What does James Blackman need to do to fix himself and be just a pretty, you know, a decent, you know, solidified, uh, good quarterback in the ACC? I think it starts with attitude. I think his highs are too high and his lows are too lows. And he's to kind of meet someone in the middle. He needs to be more level-headed when he's has a bad pass. Yeah, it's okay to be upset about it, but you don't need to throw a tantrum on the sideline. And that might be an mm-hmm. exaggerated term, but um, I, I think that's where it starts, just having level-headed level head on his shoulders and then I think the rest will come with it you know there's some times where he's airmailing it too much and you know that, that I think that just comes with being too excited yeah like you said a lot of a lot of the stuff with James Blackman's game is is really mental and the attitude an attitude change would go a long way I mean we saw him on the sideline um at the Florida game with him and Kendall Bryles kind of getting into it before they made they made up I guess and then in the Arizona State game after a couple interceptions, Jane Blackman going to the sideline, throwing his helmets and things like that. You never want to see that out of your starting quarterback, the guy who's the leader of the team. And I think we can still say, 
even though I guess Blackman isn't the solidified starter right now, that he is the leader of this team. He's been that for probably the last two and a half years or so. So Blackman just has to keep taking those steps forward, and I think Norvell is going to be able to get that out of him. You have to remember, he's had, like you said, Lo, he's had three head coaches, four offensive coordinators, and there's still a lot to like about his game. And with two guys who are finally on the same page and Norvell and Dillingham, I think things will be a little different. Mm-hmm. And this, you go ahead. Isn't he like fifth all time already in career touchdowns or something like that at Florida yeah. State? Like he, he, the talents there, there's no questioning that. It's just yeah, he's he's got to get a better head. Yeah, I think a better better mental state, and I think some sometimes you just need some hard coaching with that. I don't think Jimbo Fisher was coaching him his season there. Uh, I think assistant uh, quarterbacks coach was, but uh, Randy Sanders was, but. I don't think Jimbo Fisher was coaching him. And first of all, it's really hard to play under Jimbo Fisher. I mean, we talked with just a wide receiver, Kenny Shaw, and he spoke on how hard it was to even get playing time and how hard it was to learn the film book or learn the film and get the playbook down under Jimbo Fisher. But I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine being a true freshman quarterback, not expecting to play one bit, maybe not expecting to play for uh, like two years, if that. Um, then, then James Blackman was thrown into the fire. Uh, I think there's been a lot of piss poor coaching the last couple of seasons. I think it's going to show too. I think we're going to see really early on in the first quarter, whenever this game is played against whoever it is, uh, you're going to see a l- just 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 smarter coaching, and it's really going to be a wake up call for the administration on you know really the slip up they did with the hiring of you know who they allowed to come in here and coach it in Tallahassee so I think there will you'll see an improved James Blackman and he'll be the starter too uh let's see running backs so obviously this one switched up really quickly after last week with the Kalen LeBorn news uh he has been let go from the team due uh, to team policy um issues um and he is now in the transfer portal so now this gives the competition to Sean Corbin, his to lose pretty much to be the starter. And then you've got LaDamian Webb, Lawrence Toa Philly. You got uh, Douglas also, and a little bit of maybe a little Corey Wren, which we'll get into. But, you know, this this running back unit was pretty bare when Mike Norvell arrived. Um, you know, you're going to lose Cam Akers. Uh, we also got news that Anthony Grant was no longer going to be with the program um, so what they had to do, obviously Amir Rasul too, uh, gone from FSU. So you kind of had to rebuild and that's something Mike Norvell did a really good job on uh, solidifying some depth back there uh, behind whoever the starter was going to be. And maybe he was, maybe this was all, you know, kind of a pre-planned thing, uh, beforehand to have Deshaun Corbin be a guy to transfer because Caitlin LeBourne is no longer on the team. Uh, what are y'all's thoughts on Deshaun Corbin? You know, pretty much expected to be that starting guy i'm happy with it uh coming in from texas a&m and off a season ending injury from a year ago he's back fully healthy he's gained weight he's gained muscle and he looks like he's back to himself we'll have to see in camp once the pads get on but i'm very excited to see corbin he's he's an athletic running back doesn't have i would say elite breakaway speed but he's fast enough to get away from guys I know there was a clip going around on social media, but he took his first ever kickoff return in college back for a touchdown. So a lot to like about him, and he brings big play potential to the offense. Yeah, I, I have no disagreements. He's definitely got the most experience, which is going to matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, like you said, he's he's got 
the exact tool set Norvell needs for the system. I think for me, I do. I want to see more. We do haven't gotten to see much of him, at least really offensively in a game. I want to see him uh, play and, and just see how uh, Mike and Ken, Kenny Dillingham are going to use him. I do think he has uh, explosive potential, but I want to see how healthy he is. And, you know, a lot of these guys have been gaining weight. I want to see if they keep their speed um, and see how physical he is too. Uh, but I think he's a shifty kind of guy. I will say, though, he's not the number one guy that I'm most excited for watching in that in that backfield. Uh, what is this um, bold statement here? I'm really excited to watch LaDamian Webb this upcoming season. I think he's got a really, really, really good load of talent on him. I think he's got good balance. Uh, I think he's got really good skill sets to get off tackles. He's got great quick up speed, too. Um, and that's probably the number one guy I'm really looking forward to. I think Lawrence Toa Philly, on the other hand, kind of is going to take a little bit more, a little bit more. I think he is the more pure back out of the, the younger guys, but um, Lawrence, I think, will take a little bit more, get some more muscle on him too, get a little bit more meat uh, before they throw him into the fire. But I'm really excited about Ladamian Webb coming from JUCO. Yeah, I agree with you. And coming out of Jugo College last year, he had over a thousand total yards and ten rushing touchdowns. I mean, he's just a guy where the first tackle isn't going to bring him down. If you if you go at him and try to arm tackle him, it's not going to work. You have to really get into him in his lower body if you're going to bring him down because he has such strong legs and he he plays extremely hard through the whistle every play. I know if you go watch his film, there's a couple plays where it looks like he's caught in the backfield and instead he ends up taking it for a long touchdown. So. Webb, like you said, Logan, is a guy Florida State fan should be excited about. And now he's going to get increased snaps with uh, LeBourne moving on. Yeah, I and that's something I was kind of worried about. I, I thought maybe LaDamian Webb had a little bit more of a, uh, how do I say it, a, a purpose factor, I guess. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up in my head. But was might have been a better even running back <laughs> healthy-wise than Kane LeBourne. So I'm kind of it's a situation where Webb now is going to move up I think still I don't think mm-hmm. Deshaun Corbin is like a straight up RB1 obviously like Cam Akers I think both of these guys are going to be split in a good amount of carries and I'm excited to watch him um, and I think one guy that you're really excited about which I know we'll talk about whenever we get into our special teams uh, projections uh, in, in a week or two is, is Corey Wren and how maybe Kenny Dillingham and also Mike Norvell will utilize his speed, you know, in that backfield. Yeah, I mean, by all accounts, Corey Wren is going to be nasty. He's got he's got elite speed coming out of Louisiana. Um, he's not he's not really a guy where you're going to hand it to him and ask him to run it, you know, up the gut. But he's someone you can throw it to out of the backfield. You can set him up with screens, misdirections, counters, things like that to get him in space where he can just use that speed. I mean. I'll say it again, flip on the film. I mean, he's like he's like a blur. It, do, it really doesn't make sense how fast he is in pads. Does it kind of, I mean, I was just thinking about, you know, there's not a lot of big packed up guys here in the backfield, not like a Jack Quest Patrick. Even, you know, Cam Akers is pretty physical, can go up, kind of go up the gut too. Um, these are more shifty guys and work really well in the first hole. Um, are you worried about any of these guys not being able to take that factor? Or do you think you're, you're going to have to rely on a pretty decent, at least average blocking to 
create these holes for these guys to sneak through and utilize their talents, which is, I guess, LaDamian Webb is good at that, getting off blocks and whatnot, but they're not like a big cats. I mean, yeah, they're not, they're not big running backs, but they run with a purpose. And that, that's, that's the difference because they, they run with violence. I mean, they're running to hit you. If you're going to try and hit them, they're going to hit you back. And we haven't seen that with some of Florida State's running backs recently. But these are some, some aggressive guys, especially Corbin and Webb. Obviously, Toa Philly and guys like Ja'Kai Douglas and Wren are going to have to continue to develop as they move forward in their careers. But Corbin and Webb are going to run and create contact to get extra yards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suggest people go watch Damian Webb's uh, highlights uh, during his JUCO time and just see how hard it is to tackle this guy. I think his best talent is how good of balance he has, man. He's got a really good leg base on him, too. Mm-hmm. I think he's a solid running back that I think Norvell will be able to utilize. Going on to a, the other big boys, now we're talking big boys, uh, fullbacks. So with this offense, uh, it, it's where it's iffy on who might be put up here. It's not like in a, you can't just pick a guy and say, oh, well, he's returning as a fullback and whatnot. This is where Norvell and Dillingham are going to have to pick a guy to really come back here and, and play that fullback position. And I believe here, Dustin, you, you're, you're projecting, and I think a lot of people too, um, you know, looking at previous film in high school and then looking at his built, how built he is now with camp going on, uh, a possible fullback guy that could be your starter, uh, DJ Lundy, who is 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 classified or uh, classified as a linebacker, uh, but could u- be utilized as a linebacker or as a fullback if they really wanted to under under Kenny Dillingham and Norvell's offense. Yeah, I do have DJ Lundy currently pegged as a starter at fullback. Um, he's a guy coming into Florida state with a, a lot of things alike. Uh, he's already six foot, six foot one, 244 pounds. And it's not just the size. It's, it's the skills he brings in. He understands the importance of leverage and getting under people. And that's evidenced by his back to back to back three times in a row wrestling state championships in the heavyweight division in high school. I, I don't, oh man, Nate set his record when he was on <laughs> here. And I think he had won like 39 straight matches after yeah, the only man. two losses in his career or something crazy like that. But DJ Lundy, he understands leverage and really knowing how to move people out of the way. I mean, that's what wrestling is <laughs> in control of someone else's body and just destroying them. But he also played running back in high school, so he does have some some naturalness being in the backfield back there. And he's a guy that loves to hit. And when you're the fullback, your job is to go up and create holes for the guy behind you. And if you do get the ball, it's usually in a short yardage situation. Your goal is to go run someone over and get that yard or two yards or whatever. Bundy, to me, is the perfect guy to do that. Yeah, physical guy, likes to hit, and that's what you want there. And so far, looking at camp-wise, he's pretty big. Uh, and also looking, you know, maybe uh, backup guys or guys that you'd throw into a um, into a, a little little goal line offense too. We've seen it before. You could throw in Marvin Wilson, Robert Cooper, in the in those big time goal line situations too, if you if you wanted to. Yeah, and wouldn't that be something? Get Marvin Wilson carry, please. I want Marvin Wilson to rush for a touchdown this season. Actually, you yeah. know what? I want Robert Cooper to do it. That would be even better. <laughs> Give me 330 pounds getting into the end zone. Sign me up right now. 
Show me that people with my body can make it, Robert. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You've really been going to friggin' Whataburger a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dustin just asks to be roasted too because he'll Snapchat me and also tweet out that he's currently in the Whataburger drive through line at 2.30 a.m. Just asking for it. It was 3 a.m.? Oh, it was 6.30. 6.30 a.m.? Yeah. Oh, see. Oh, man. Austin, and any comment on that? No yeah, comment. no, we know you were awake. No comment, no. Austin? No comment. And okay. I worked that day. It was a rough day. What are you doing up all night? Are you writing? Are you editing? Oh, my hands hurt. (laughs) I don't want to ask why. (laughs) I don't want to ask why. That's not where I was going. Okay. Uh, Tight end. So this this one's also a pretty interesting group here to me. Uh, Obviously, you got a guy coming from UCLA, transfer Jordan Wilson. Cam McDonald is a guy that's been around FSU for a couple years now, too. Haven't seen a lot of... uh, um, product on the field really utilize as much as you know you probably like to see he's got a lot of athleticism uh, but as your third string guys Wyatt Rector who got moved kind of like to an H back kind of group I think Mike Norvell talked about in the press conference whenever he was talking about the spring and he was telling us that he was going from quarterback to like an H back kind of Taysom Hill route uh, from New Orleans with the Saints uh, can be used even at a fullback kind of uh, area too. Um, but Wyatt Rector and Carter Boatrider, you guys kind of uh, hanging on there uh, as the third stringers, Carter Boatrider being a true freshman. Uh, first initial thoughts thinking about these tight ends as Mike Norvell does like utilizing these kind of guys. Uh, it's it's really the one of the only positions on offense, I mean, I guess outside of the offensive line, that that kind of scares me because you don't really have a dynamic guy at tight end. Uh, you mentioned Jordan Wilson coming in from UCLA as a transfer. He's not really a guy that you're going to expect to go out there and produce in the uh, the receiving game. He's more of a blocking type. And then you have McDon- McDonald, who you also noted on, very athletic, who is a potential guy who could go out there and be the pass catcher, but he hasn't done it yet. Only six catches for 43 yards so far in his career. Behind them, you've got Rector, who moved over to tight end. The true freshman, Boatwright, who's also more of a blocker. And Norvell, he loves having two tight ends on the field even more at times. And I don't know. I just, I don't see, I, someone in this group is going to have to step up. And I'm hoping it's going to be Cam McDonald. But we'll just have to see. I don't have a lot of confidence out of that current group. Yeah, me neither. I do think Jordan Wilson does look good. I mean, uh, you know, Austin's going to get on to me if I say that his, you know, he looks like he's in shape and he's put How on much some weight pounds. Did he add? <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. I, oh, I've you not know. been able to ask. I'm not going to yeah, tell yeah. you if I knew. That's that's some that's something you can go to the Discord and look at. If his you right want. quad has gotten slightly bigger this offseason. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there too, Dustin, because there's not much here that you can really go off of and be like, mm, that's a solidified guy that is going to bring some star power. Uh, I'd like to really want it to be Cam McDonald. He's put in a lot of work 
Uh, he's a really good guy too, yeah. and he and he's going to be a leader too for this offense. So I think the biggest thing for him is going to be showing it out on the field, um, and he's going to have to be that. I think he's going to have to be the pass catcher over Jordan Wilson. Um, but I, I I'm kind of glad though that Cam McDonald has some some true competition here because I think Jordan Wilson will push with Cam McDonald and Camp. And that's something he needs that needs to happen because I'm sorry, competition against Wyatt Rector and Carter Boatwright ain't going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> ain't going to do it. I know there's a lot of talk about Wyatt Rector and whatnot, but I think he can be utilized in a lot of different ways. Of course, you can maybe throw him in there at tight end, but that's just not enough competition for Cam McDonald. Not enough. So I'm glad Jordan Wilson or uh, Jordan Wilson is has transferred over, and I, I, I have to say he does look good, and he's and he's ready to compete too, from from what I've heard. All right, let's run into some wide receivers here. This might be uh, one of the most uh, talented, could be the most talented um, wide receiver sets we've seen in just a little while. There's just a lot of guys that can be used this upcoming season. It uh, feels like some of these guys have been in, in Tallahassee for 15 years almost. There's a lot of, there's a good amount of experience, but also a good fresh uh, slate of talent that probably a lot of FSU fans want to see. Uh, so let's start off, let's start off, uh, with obviously number one, Tamarion Terry comes back for his season. That is obviously going to be uh, very, very dynamic and, and trying to get into that NFL first round. Uh, just just really speedy guy. He's now up to 222 pounds. Uh, if he keeps that speed, it, it, that's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it, it's nuts. Uh, but your potential one, two, and three here would be Tamarion Terry. Um you know, you go throw in DJ Matthews. He's got the most one, about the most experience under Keyshawn Helton. Uh, but also, you got Ontario Wilson um, and Jordan Young uh, and Warren Thompson too. Out of out of all these names, and, and there's still some more guys too. Uh, but out of you two, who would you go as your one, two, and three uh, wide receiver this year? I'm interested to get y'all's take. Your three starters or. Three starters, yeah. We'll start off, I guess. For me, I would go with Camorion uh, Terry, DJ Matthews, and Ontario Wilson. That's why I currently have down on my depth chart. Camorion uh, Terry, don't you don't really need a lot of explanation there. But DJ Matthews is really just the experience factor, and plus you have Keyshawn Helton coming off a, a knee injury, even though he's fully healthy at this point. I do think later on in the season, Elton might be able to push Matthews for that starting job. And then over at the other receiver spot, Ontario Wilson is a guy I really like coming into 2020. He might be the best. I've said it on previous podcasts, but he might be the best route runner on the team. And I think this offense is going to be able to get him in space where he can use some speed. And he's he's one of the fastest guys on the roster, if not the fastest. He would be he would be pushing everyone for that spot. Um, former high school teammate of Tamorion Terry, who showed some flashes last season before a shoulder injury kind of knocked him out until the Sun Bowl. I think this is this is where we see him step up as a redshirt junior. Well, now you went against it. You going against your boy Corey Wren as a fast? What? Which one are you going to pick here? You can't just say one guy as the fastest twenty minutes ago and then go they'd, and say, "Oh, they both they'd both be up there." Neck and neck. I don't know who would win. It's Georgia speed versus Louisiana speed. I don't know. I might, I might give a slight <laughs> edge to Georgia speed, 
Slight, slight. Like he he, le- he leaned forward over the line just barely in front of him. <laughs> he's got he's got track speed. Up. I mean, we do need a video. We need what happened like the to the off season races, man. I miss those videos that would leak out. COVID. Where are the race videos at? Where are they at, Dustin? COVID took them away. Yeah, man, please. Can we get some races? If we have any players listening or someone, can we please get some races? We need to see Ontario Wilson versus Corey Wren. I'm going with Corey Wren there. Uh, I'll go. I'm going to switch. I'm going to say mine's different here. I'm going, obviously, to Marion Terry. My number two is going to be Keyshawn Helton. My number three is going to be, if we're going off, starting off the season, I think Ontario Wilson. But I think Jordan Young is going to jump in here somewhere. Uh, I think he's a good, really good uh, wide receiver going up and grabbing the ball. He's got good eyes, good vision on, on just, you know, keeping his feet down. I think he showed off against Mike Norvell during the bowl game this last season. Uh, and I think he's just got a good head on his shoulders and he's been very patient. Um, and I think I think a lot of fans, too, are, are one to see him because he almost, you know, was going to. Tennessee was trying really hard to grab him at there at the end, uh, but he decided to stick with Florida State. Um, and I, I think Jordan Young's going to sneak up in there. I think also you're going to see some some splashes of Brian Robinson, the true freshman. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know if a lot of people have really talked about him as much. You know, a lot of the hype was towards Malachi Weidman, but not a lot about Brian Robinson. But I'll be honest with you guys. I mean, if you've seen any kind of images or videos lately, this kid already looks like he's a junior. I mean, he the size on him is great. He looks like he's really athletic, um, and I, I think he's gonna try to get in there and get some playing time too. But probably the number one guy I'm excited for, besides obviously Tamara Terry, is gonna be Keyshawn Helton. I've been hearing really good things about him impressing really early on. He is a true, true, true leader on that offense, um, and he's done such a great job this offseason working on his body, um, recovering from his injury. Uh, and he's put on some weight too for him, but he's always had the speed. And I think him and, you know, like we said earlier, James Blackman as a starter, I think they two connect well and, and are going to create some explosive plays. Uh, so that's my take on that wide receiver position group. I don't have many disagreements. I had the same original starting three as Logan with Wilson, Helden, and Terry. Um, I don't know if Jordan Young will jump in there. Um, I think he's a little too inconsistent, but we'll see. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with DJ Matthews because he's got he's got the talent, he's got the wiggles, like he's got everything you need. He's just he's another one of those guys that the mental space isn't always there. Um, maybe he'll get straightened out for this season because he, I mean, he stuck it out. He's a senior at this point. He deserves at least a chance to start. But um, I don't know. We'll see. I saw some pictures of DJ Matthews the other day, and he looked like he was in the best shape physically that he's been in. Since he got to Florida State, he looks like he's put on some muscle mass and isn't as small as he once was. I mean, he was—he's been a very tiny guy throughout his career. You could eat him, Dustin. Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> he could also break your ankles in like two steps, though. He could do that to all of us. I think. Oh no! I take up a lot of space. You have to get around me. <laughs> I don't think it'd be that hard for him to do that. I think though DJ Matthews, he was actually throwing with Cam Newton during this offseason for a little bit. Um, and I, 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 
I need consistency out of DJ Matthews. That's the only reason I'm putting Keyshawn Helton above him. Uh, I just need consistency, I think, to north and south, my man, north and south. Uh, <laughs> but I, I I think that a lot of that has to go with coaching, guys. I think a lot of that is uh, – I, I do think Ron Dugans is, is a great coach, but I think it also has to start off from the top, too. And sometimes it just got to be told straight to you to stop effing around and twirling around. I mean, we'll get the special teams, but stop twirling around after you catch the ball. North and south, you can still do your jukes. Uh, but luckily he's so small and he can just utilize that, but it needs to be North and South. Um, so that's why I have Keyshawn Helton a little bit about a little bit ahead of, uh, DJ there. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. So let's get into some offensive line. Who's ready to talk offensive line. I mean, if you're not ready to talk offensive line, then I don't know what you're doing. I mean, this is now the top topic of Florida state football. Now the last four years, isn't that crazy? That's like the number one thing that everybody's worried about. I think we get more questions about, I think it's starting quarterback and then number two, what's the offensive line unit going to look like? Isn't that crazy? Ah, 40 day. Crazy that they're that bad where we, where people have to worry about it that much. (laughs) I know it shouldn't be like, usually we don't, shouldn't, I don't think it really in 2013, the years before really didn't really talk about offensive linemen, but, this is Tallahassee, and it's a little different now. We took it for granted, guys. Yep, yep. So now it's time to start learning some names. So let's start off center <laughs> projection. Or actually, I'll go left guard. Or I'll go uh, left tackle first. Uh, let, let's start off with Darius Washington and Jalen Goss. I think, Dustin, too, you've been pretty excited about one of these guys on the offensive line, right? I think, was it? Uh, I think Jaylen it's Chaz. No, it's Chaz Neal. We'll get to him. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that was pretty tough. That was rude. Uh, but, yeah, left tackle, Darius Washington. Left guard, Dante Lucas. Center, Babyon Johnson. Right guard, Brady Scott. And then right tackle, Devontae Love-Taylor. Um, do you feel pretty solid on these these picks here as your starting unit for the offensive line? feel okay with it. <laughs> It doesn't just like, doesn't like jump out with you with like solidness and excitement. Mm. I mean, like I like I said, I feel feel decent, feel decent about it, and I think it it helps having uh, Alex Atkins as a guy who's coaching them now. Yeah, no, and also you know it's hard to kind of project these things with a whole new staff coming in, um, just to put a little warning out there you know we had no spring to go off of no spring game no you know tidbits or nuggets that we were hearing during spring practice as much shoot we only got to see one day of pads uh so i didn't you know like you said this is coach atkins offensive line he might think another guy should be put in a different spot and right i, I mean that usually happens too uh, we've seen it happen before with cam irving and it worked out to be a success and a, whole, and a good amount of other guys too but, you know, the offensive line usually will be shifted around a lot. But I think your top, you know, top guys that you're really – that I'm excited for is probably Dante Lucas, obviously, and then uh, Devontae Love-Taylor. Yeah, looking at this group, I would say the guy I'm most excited to watch this season has got to be Darius Washington because what we've seen Florida State put out at left tackle the last couple of years is just absolutely despicable. I mean, do you guys remember Juan Williams? <laughs> I do, because I see him in my nightmares every night. 
yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sir Blackman sees letting... him as Nightmares too. What'd you say? Said Blackman sees him as Nightmares too. He sees him facing him. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> After the snap. <laughs> um, no, Dustin, you have to admit, though, you picked him last season to be an under-the-radar guy that was going to be what is it, one of your top improved guys. And yeah, well, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Why the hell did I say that? <laughs> that must have been one of your 6.30 in the morning wa- Whataburger runs, and you're like, hmm, maybe I should write about one <laughs> <laughs> that's like Stephen A. Smith's stay off the weed. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a bad statement. But but like I was saying, really excited to see Washington Washington start at left tackle in 2020. He made three starts last year as a true freshman and, and looks solid compared to most of what we've seen over the last couple of years. He did go down with an injury, but... He was able to retain his red shirt, so he's really still a red shirt freshman in 2020. And over the next couple of years, I mean, he's a guy that you should be excited to watch develop, especially, I'm going to say again, Alex Atkins. I think he's going to be a real miracle worker, and I hope I'm not setting myself up for another bad statement a year from now. <laughs> I can only hope. If it gets worse, I mean, Lord. I don't know what to do. Who do you hire? At this point, hire a trash can. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I do agree with you, too, Dustin. I think Darius Washington is probably my number three guy that I think is going to show a lot of good positive production. And I really do high, have high hopes for Coach Atkins. I really do. I think we'll, we'll talk about defense in the next podcast, but probably the number one coach I'm excited to watch is Chris Marvin, and then it goes to Coach Atkins immediately after that. Uh, we keep hearing good things about how good he is uh, in connecting with these players and working development, developmentally, hand work, um, and just the small things that might change uh, the way these guys are, are playing and, and the kind of techniques that they're running because it's been just so sloppy, man, the last couple of seasons. And I think, too, you know, you've got to get a lot of uh, credit where credit is due with uh, Coach Storms, and I think Coach Storm is Coach Storms is going to help revamp this offense in a lot of ways. Because I was looking at Florida State's offensive line last year, and and some of these guys after after three snaps, no wonder James Blackman or whoever was back there, even if Michael Vick was back there, they're getting obliterated because <laughs> their hands are on their waist; they can hardly get set, and then it looks like. It looks like Dustin Lewis, after eating four water burgers, <laughs> trying to run from the cops. I mean, it's absolutely, <laughs> it's absolutely atrocious. I would escape though. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> when was the last time you ever ran? Oh my god! Last week, asshole. <laughs> uh, uh, how's parole? video games don't count gta running on there doesn't count dustin madden doesn't count uh but yeah i mean i do think coach storms is gonna i mean they're i mean these guys really i think the biggest thing obviously their the strength hasn't been a big factor cam Akers was already lifting more than starting offensive linemen last year um 
but uh, yeah, when you're when your running back is is squatting more than your offensive lineman, that's usually pretty scary. I'll be honest. I mean, I know sometimes some running backs are freaky, like Saquon Barkley, and whatever. And I do think Cam Akers is an athletic freak too. But uh, I don't want to say names, but it, it was pretty sad to see the numbers that some of these offensive linemen were lifting, and it, it's just, it's just silliness. I mean, some high schoolers are lifting more than Florida State's were, so I think Coach Storms is going to have to play a big factor um, in helping getting these guys um, settled for just a you know a regular gameplay. I, I think it's been atrocious their conditioning and and their bodies the last couple of seasons. Yep. Shout out Ira Lay Odorinde. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Florida State's last strength and conditioning coach. Yep. Um, but yeah, that, that's pretty much our offensive depth chart projection. Next week, we are going to do the defensive depth chart projection, which I'm really excited about. I'm sure the guys are too, because that, that unit could be a, a true menace and a true disgusting unit next season if coached correctly, which we'll get, we'll deep dive into that. Next Wednesday. Let's jump into some recruiting. Dustin, you have some updates on this end. Oh, it's my turn. <laughs> I wasn't ready for this. All right. <clears throat> yeah, real quick, we don't have a we don't have a lot of stuff to talk recruiting wise this week, but just a couple of important things to note on. Three star offensive tackle Rod Orr has uh, put FSU inside his top five, along with Tennessee, Oregon, Missouri. And Ole Miss uh, is six foot seven, 296 pound offensive tackle out of Alabama. Florida State has been really hard on him since since the beginning of his recruitment, and they they put themselves in a good spot to land him once that decision comes. So we'll have to just keep watching there. Moving on, looks like four star safety Amari Harvey could be off the board for Florida State, which is a little surprising considering he's a very talented defensive back right out of local Florida high in Tallahassee. Um, he's told multiple Florida state outlets that he hasn't heard from FSU in weeks. And it looks like FSU is moving on to other targets. Um, the, the top defensive back target on the board right now is four-star defensive back, Karrion Arnold, who is also out of Tallahassee just across the road from Harvey at a uh, John Paul Catholic two. Literally, you can throw a stone from one high school to the other, but it's it's just it's a little surprising to me to see Harvey not really getting communication from Florida State. He said the top schools that are currently contacting him are Auburn and Texas A&M. So I get I puzzling move for Florida State potentially. If you want some updates recruiting wise, you can always go into our Discord um, and learn some stuff there from both. Dustin, Nate, and I guess too also old Nico. Uh, if you want some updates on the recruiting end, uh, st- things are going to start heating up. Obviously, once football season is uh, football season is coming, and I'm telling you, there will be a football <laughs> season. So negative, Austin, go watch basketball, you nerd. Yeah, and one more uh, recruiting note that I don't <laughs> I don't want to spoil is uh, Nate has put in some recruiting predictions for some FSU targets like Taryn Arnold, who I just mentioned, and, and another offensive tackle target. So go check the Discord out and the recruiting predictions. You'll be able to see that. I don't want to spoil it. I can't understand what you just said there for the last five seconds. It was kicking out so much. Say that again. He's not spoiling anything, basically. I don't want to spoil the, the okay. predictions from the Discord on the podcast because I know that you will get mad at me. 
<laughs> or Nate. You're scared of Nate. <laughs> this, is, this is a men's podcast. I don't see Nate. Oh, oh man. Oh Lord. Asking for it. Just asking <laughs> for it. Send, I love this send that clip to him. No boys allowed. <laughs> oh man, that's the thing too. If you ever want to sponsor the podcast, we can you can get both. We can upgrade Dustin's mic and my mic. I don't know how Austin's whatever he's wearing works better than ours, but I go back and listen to these, and sometimes I can't hear what Dustin's saying in it, and then mine sounds, sounds better talking over an Xbox than we do on our mics. I know, amazing. That's what a time to be alive, honestly. Uh, but okay, let's go into our top three worst segments. We didn't get to do it. La- we didn't get to do it last week because we were just filled with freaking questions. But this week we're gonna bring it back. Top three worst texts to receive, gentlemen. Top three worst texts to receive. I believe the Discord um, was bullying Austin because obviously bad texts. You go to Austin's Tinder. Okay. And, you know his <laughs> interactions there. There was one person bullying me, and his name starts with Logan and ends with Robinson. There is a second user in there with that name in there. I knew there was. <laughs> well, I, I think like bad texts, I think, you know, dating wise, but there's a lot of different things. I think I have a few that are, you know, different kind of subjects and where they may come from and what topic. But if anyone wants to start, I think I started last time. I think I did. I don't think Dustin's ever started. So let's start with Dustin. Yeah, this is where we find out if he did his homework, even, you know, at all. all righty so we don't hear from dustin at all even though i texted and told him did i text this morning i'm pretty sure yeah the mic was on mute little excuse huh interesting you know all right then perfect you're back so uh what's your uh top three worst text to receive dustin all right number three I don't know if this happens to you guys a lot, but it's happened to me twice in recent weeks. Especially do well, I just order food a lot. Anyway, moving on to the text message. Top three worst text. Number three, worst one. Your DoorDash driver texts you, says your food has been delivered. I'm like, all right, go eat some damn food. Open the door. There's no food. Delivered to the wrong address. I'm screwed. <laughs> that's number three for me. I think that's I pretty that'd hilarious. Be number one for you. Jeez. Um, still like number one. Oh no. I, I can't wait for number one if that's your number three. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I would love to see your face, Dustin, whenever you open up that door and it's not there. I I would really I would pay a little bit of money. Wouldn't you, Austin, just a little bit? I started walking to my neighbors' houses looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> like a dog, you're sniffing. I was upset. <laughs> did you did you bark a little bit too? Those chicken minis were mine. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, you're probably gambling money on it too. You're probably gambling money, your money away watching NBA games and whatever. And uh, that, was before, that was before the NBA comeback, unfortunately. <laughs> that was just when I was depressed for three months. Oh, wow. God. Dustin was depressed. All right, now my number two. Uh, I'll go. I'll go next. Three. Or my number three. Shit. Uh, my number three is going to be long, 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 long texts. 
and usually this is from a woman. Uh, we, I'm not being, I'm not being rude to women right now, but it usually is from a woman. I don't usually see one of my boys sending me a couple paragraphs. <laughs> I'll be honest. Look, don't this, really look at this text I got from you today. Look how long this text is. No, it's not that long at all. It had bullet points in it. And it was literally bullet points on what we were going to talk about. I'm talking about, about, I'm talking about the one a couple down from that. Yeah, no. he's talking about the next one. Oh, yeah. You were saying that, some kind That's not a pair. Other people that, in the industry. That's like eight sentences. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't bad at all. I'm talking sentences. about long. Kinda... Yeah, I'm talking long texts. We've all had them. Maybe not Dustin because... <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, he probably has had long texts before. How much trouble he gets in with his girlfriend. But, uh, yeah, I hate getting long texts. Apparently. Um, I, f- I feel like we should get the obvious one out of the way. Like, where you just get the one, hey, or can we talk? I'm not counting that as my number three, but I feel like someone yeah. was so I'm just getting out the way now. Um, yeah, hey, can we talk? That's not a good yeah. one. Yeah, my my number three is um, we, I, it's been a couple of years since this happened to me since you know I graduated. Um, but you get a text from a classmate. Hey, you remember nice you study for the exam? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the worst because you never did. And we know who was sending those. That was Dustin Lewis. <laughs> what about? Oh well, I'll just wait, 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 wait. Oh, I thought you were meaning like, did you no, study? Like, in- Someone sends you, so then they're like gonna ask for like answered uh, a study study. No, uh, it's, it's it's like one of those like hey, you remember you remember we had an exam today, right? It's one of those. Oh, that's scary. Yeah. That's but scary. on the same vein, what about the people happened to me this this year during my like during final exam week? What about people texting you asking you for exam answers? And it's like I man, that- I don't I don't even know the damn answer. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I don't think they were really texting you, Justin. I don't think they were texting you, but it is nice. They did. I, I said something to them. They, I got 100 on my exam, so hey, made it. There you go. Did you get multiple chances at it? No. <laughs> something. Thanks for the confidence. We're going to have to figure out how he did that. Um, But yeah, studying, I, that's brutal. I've never, I've luckily never had to. I guess people just aren't nice enough to tell me that. So then I just get there and I'm got a friggin' exam on my desk. I'm like, awesome. I've got, I've got some cool friends in here. Thanks guys. So that probably would just happen to me. You want to give us your number two, Austin? Yeah. Um, you get another one. You get, you get a text from your mom saying, Hey, did you take this food out of the freezer? Cause again, you never did. <laughs> I always <laughs> want to goof off. want to play video games. Left the chicken in the freezer, and you know you're going to get yelled at when she gets home. Oh, yeah, that was back in the day. Dude, that was me when I left the, the dog outside in the front yard, and he ran away. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, mean, I, found, I found him, but he tried. <laughs> How, were you running then, or did you decide to just get in your car and start looking around in the neighborhood? Uh, it wasn't too far, so I just I walked. <laughs> That counts as a workout, honestly. Uh, let's see. My number two is just the simple. I think we need to get this one out of the way, too. It's just a simple OK, no caps, and oh. it's just the letter O and K, and you just get sent that after you sent something. 
and you oh. immediately know you're in trouble. You've screwed yeah. up. Um, definitely if you're talking to somebody or you're in a relationship or whatever, you just know you're screwed up and you're going to have to be getting on your knees to make up for it for the rest of the night. And you're dreading it because you just want to sit here and play video games. But you're going to you have to work hard and find some kind of getaway at getting yourself back into the good side. What do you guys partner. think about just getting the K? If you just get the K, you're like you're, you, there's no relationship to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin, do you get a lot of Ks? Not anymore. <laughs> what did you do? What did you do to fix that? Um, not suitable material for this podcast. Oh my god! All right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, there we go. Perfect. Uh, okay, let's. For that. Thanks so much. I just don't ever want to think about anything again regarding <laughs> you and your life. <laughs> uh, I okay. 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 <laughs> Not to say that I did. What? <laughs> I mean, just to, just to throw it out there. What? <laughs> Why would you throw that out there? Why would you throw? I don't know. I kind of regret it now. Did you wake up Chris Breezy? <laughs> now you kind of regret it. Oh. <laughs> uh, doesn't your mom... Your mom is an avid listener to this, too. You need to apologize to her She knows right that now. I support... <laughs> Oh my! God. I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. No, I'm just joking. No. Oh man, it's 2020, so I don't know if by next week we'll be canceled. But definitely appreciate oh, everybody man. listening the last three years. Um, all right, Dustin. Well, you're up next. Give us your top three worst texts to receive. Right, my I'm number two. Scared. I'm gonna take this on a on a betting avenue, sort of, I guess. So. Worst text, number two worst text received. The day after you lost a bunch of money betting on Russian soccer, you go <laughs> to get some groceries at Publix, and your car gets declined because you got negative $60. <laughs> oh, man. Those are tough can't, times. Can't relate. Man, those Russian betting nights. And don't you stay up for those? Not anymore. I hate the damn Russians. They always screw me. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that on the podcast, not get canceled, right? Maybe I don't know. It's 2020. Awesome. If you're listening from Russia, not a fan. With Putin <laughs> nukes us tomorrow, we know. Yeah, if if Putin's after us, you guys should see some of these Russian hockey names though that I bet on. They don't even sound like real names. They're probably fake. It's probably all a uh, something to get money out of you, Dustin. Sadly, I think they're. I think they've got this all set up to make money off of you, and you're just allowing it to happen. We type this in Russian hockey team. All right, listen to this one. Metallurg Magnitogorsk. What? I took them before on money line. Oh yeah, I bet on these guys before. Chella Binks polar bears. <laughs> oh. Okay, if you literally were betting on Russian players named Polar Bear at the end of their name. I oh, no, that was the team name. Jeff. That was the team name. Chella, oh. Chella, Chella Binks Polar Bears. Chella Binks? 
Jaja Banks. I couldn't even watch the game. I I bet Star on this Wars? game and just watched the like Google scoreboard as a timer count. Like, it just <laughs> dumbest thing that's, I ever did. That sounds so depressing. Sometimes. Yeah, I'm looking at this and now looking at our analytics country by country in Russia. We had one listener in January and one another listener in April. So oh, don't you don't hope what? They don't come back. <laughs> wow, you you don't want you don't want people supporting the podcast? That's crazy. Not from Russia. Wow. <laughs> Lee. My little sister's adopted from Russia. That's pretty messed up. Too bad. uh all right you you give us your number one now since this is a big hype let's see what you got oh wait what it goes it relays back we've been doing this for how many weeks now too many for him to be confused by it all right number one worst text received logan i know you've gotten this one a couple times during your heydays i'm late oh Really? Wow. That's that's literally I get them from you. Yes, I get them from <laughs> you. That's a why. I get every every week when we record the podcast, I'm gonna be ten minutes late. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not just I'm late. Not yeah. what I was referring to, guys. Yeah, we we know. <laughs> yeah. But we're just saying we deal with it every week with you. Yeah. So sadly, it's not as brutal as it used to be because I'm just me and Austin are just used to it now. Um, let me give you my number one here. Uh, my number one is, oh, haha, nice. Yeah, I was and like, I was gonna just say haha for my number <laughs> one. So, <laughs> yeah, like, and I guess this kind of goes with like if you're in a relationship too. Like, if you think your things are like kicking off with this chick and she's like, oh, haha, nice, and like there's nothing after that, you're you're screwed. You're done. Yeah. It's just, there's just not, it's not going anywhere. You're beaten down. You don't feel like doing anything for the rest of the day. Like, it's completely screwed. Oh, haha, nice. Like, that means that no one gives a flying F about what you're talking about. Like, they probably didn't even read the text that you sent before that. They just put, oh, haha, nice, because you could just send that to anything. Austin, yes. uh, can you show us like 20 of those text messages nope. from your phone? No. Nope. Oh, okay. I delete them. <laughs> <laughs> You're just immediately done with them. Yeah, it's happened a few times. Wow, not surprising. It, it, yeah, it's the same. It's the same vein under just haha. So it's like, what's the point of even having a conversation? Like, come on. Yeah, come on. Let's at least, get at least, at least show some effort. Yeah, exactly. All right, Austin, you give us yours. Last one. Um, literally any text from your boss, and you don't count because you're I'm older than you. I think technically. Uh, um, but okay. like you're your actual work boss anytime you get a text from them you're like oh god what did i do oh okay so i thought you're gonna be like oh damn it my boss is texting but it's more just like okay yeah because like i my you're nervous it's different from everyone else's like we're a really small business so we're really interconnected so i i get more texts from bosses than i think a lot of people do but it's still like oh god here we go true true okay that makes sense did Dustin fall asleep? Can someone Probably. wake him up? What do you, you want, want me to make say? Give your reaction to Austin's pick. I hate my boss. <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> I a think public. he's talking about you. 
<laughs> I was about to say, this is a public podcast, but I guess you were talking to me. Uh, well, my other text, let me put it for a bonus one here. I hate the text that I received from Dustin saying that he's going to do something but doesn't do it. And <laughs> I'll so edit I think, this later. <laughs> yeah. Those are my favorite. That's never those happened. Are... <laughs> All right. Okay. Hold on. Let me scroll up. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Dustin's like, a, he, this is where he starts breathing heavily. Yeah. yeah Friday night, I, I wrote an article. For, for this upcoming weekend I said come on go get it out and Dustin goes I can probably edit it nothing <laughs> pretty sure that was, still that was the next day <laughs> my point I'm pretty sure the article is still in the drafts Friday you said can one of y'all get the draft out I said I can probably edit it if someone else can post it and I did edit it <laughs> and you're just but no one else posted it why didn't you post it yeah. still sitting in the drafts I'm looking at it right now I was supposed to post it. I was supposed to? I don't know what to tell you. I said uh, I'd edit it. You, but you never said you edited it. I didn't know it was my job to say that. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, we've got a lot of work to do. Too much rust on the production of NoGameDay.com right now. Ooh, boy, football season's coming up. Wish us all the luck, everybody. Please, we need it. All right, let's jump into the rest of the podcast here. We've got basketball and then a little bit of FSC trivia to end off the podcast. Let's jump into it real quick. Austin, you've got some updates. Basketball recruiting is kicking up, and shoot, Leonard Hamilton might not be done with landing some big cats here in this 2021 class. Yeah, we've got a, a decent amount of basketball recruiting to talk about. Um, four-star forward Josh Minot of St. Andrews Catholic School in Boca Raton is announcing Saturday. Um, he's pretty close with Anthony Polite. And has Florida State, Memphis, Maryland, Texas, and Baylor as his finalists. Um, his, his recruitment's been really quiet. He's a, it's mostly because he's a four-star in Rivals, but he's unranked on 24-7. Um, so really, it's only the Rivals people that have any knowledge on the situation. Been a really quiet, quiet recruitment. It's been tough for me to get some information out of people. Um, like Dustin did with earlier football predictions, just... Check out our Discord. I just made my prediction today, and I think he's only got one future cast right now on Rivals. So, head of the curve on this one. Um, he's a really talented player, though. If, if he decides he wants to choose Florida State, uh, Florida State would have officially entered positionless basketball. I know we've been trending that way the last few years, but when you've got um, McGowan's who can handle the ball, be a shooting guard, he can play one through three. You're gonna, you've got uh, Matthew Cleveland who can play two and three. You've got Josh Manat, who's six foot nine, but he's got the skills of a point guard. I mean, the the position list of all that would be amazing. Anybody can handle the ball. It's perfect. Uh, Sunday is the big one. Uh, Five star guard Jalen Worley from Pennsylvania is announcing Sunday. He's got a top six, but really it's down to Florida State, Virginia, and Michigan. Um, that's another one. Send you to the Discord. Both Dustin and myself made predictions on that one. Um, this is another one that would be a huge grab for Florida State. Uh, Florida State's kind of snuck it out of nowhere the past couple weeks. Um, uh, a lot of people have been surprised we've been hanging around. Um, it's not really a secret where he's going at this point, even though he just tweeted out yesterday, all these analysts think they know where I'm going. And then today on his Instagram story, he posted a picture of himself in a Virginia shirt saying FSU is still an option. He's being difficult. Um, but literally everyone knows where he's going. Um, so 
Another big one to talk about, four-star forward James Graham is expected to announce in the next week or two. Um, I was told he's he was between Michigan State and Florida State, uh, seeing, given how Florida State's been recruited on the trail recently. He's picked up a few future casts for Maryland, um, which makes sense. He's closest with the Maryland staff. I believe they were the first big school to offer him. And you can't count out Wisconsin. He's from Milwaukee. Um, him staying close home and going to Wisconsin, especially with COVID-19, would make a ton of sense. Um, so I, I would say Michigan State, Florida State, and Maryland are the three biggest, with Wisconsin still hanging in the picture. Both Worley and Graham were expected to not announce until winter, but COVID-19 has pushed up the recruiting process, and they're ready to make their decisions. Ooh, boy. It's start, I mean, man, I can't believe Leonard Hamilton, man. I mean, I, I guess I got to start believing it now, but Leonard Hamilton holding on to a, a number one class right now in the country. I mean, shoot, when is the last time he's had going to have this much talent coming in in a class and, you know, expecting if Worley commits to Florida State, then, I mean, when is the last time he's had this high of a class? When, when, is, the, when is the last highest class for Leonard? The most comparable class is probably the 2016 uh, class when you had Isaac, Trent Forrest, C.J. Walker, um, and you had Fiondu, um, but they didn't have the overall depth. Even going back to the 2015 class with Bacon, Beasley, Terrence, and Chris, I mean, it was just those four guys. Um, assuming we get one of Worley or Minot, you're looking at one of those two, Cleveland, McGowans, and John Butler, who are all top 60 players. Plus, you still got one to two more spots still. Um, this class is something serious. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if it's the number one class in the nation when it's all said and done. Yeah, it really does not make sense what Leonard Hamilton is doing right now. I mean, look at what he's done without this kind of talent. And if this starts just rolling into Tallahassee the next couple of years like this, it's going to be unbelievable. Well, if you guys want to go ahead and jump in and end off the podcast We'll jump into some FSU trivia. Sure. But I got to find questions, though. Because I can't so you, find you, you rag on Dustin about not being prepared, and then here we are. Thank I've been you. looking. <sighs> I'm trying my hardest, okay? We're <laughs> trying. Not. No. Don't also, worry, breaking this news. Micah Parsons just opted out of the 2020-21. Who? Micah Peters? Micah Parsons, the guy from Penn State. Who asked? I was just saying. Random breaking news update. <laughs> for, our question. Little, for our pause. This is just a time to think, I I believe. You not know, you not know who Micah Parsons is? No. I feel like even I've heard that name, which is saying He's going to be a top 10 pick in the next draft. He's like maybe the best linebacker in the country. Never asked. And anyway, since we we're just we're talking about news since we we're talking about Hamilton's recruiting <laughs> classes, the best class was 2016 with Isaac Forrest, CJ, Fee, PJ, and Brian technically, but they weren't really ranked. That was fourth in the nation. And I would be shocked if this class didn't end up better than that. Okay, man, solid. So I'm I'm excited. 
obviously, I think Florida State fans, too, are starting to see a little change in, in this program. I think it's going to at least be a 50-50 split between football and basketball. The Ooh, that's a prediction. <laughs> Is it? it? Yeah, there's. I don't think there's any way. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm the basketball guy. Florida State is and always will be football first. Well, yeah. That's where all, that's where all the money's going to go. I'm glad to see these students really start to accept the basketball program and go to games and really be supportive of that team. But until we get all these old guys that only buy basketball tickets, to, basketball season tickets to boost their boosters ranking, until we get those guys out the building, like it, it ain't going to matter. Give me 60-40. Give me 60-40 football. Uh, 65-35. You just want to argue. You just want to argue with me. I'm being realistic. <laughs> I'm the real, realism guy here. Oh, yeah. I know. Since Nate isn't here, you know, when are you when are you going to eventually say you got to do it every week? Tell us that football season is not going to really happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> wow. NFL is definitely not happening. With all That's these guys gonna... opting out. And NFL's Wait, what did you say? NFL is not going to happen? All, with all these You're, guys opting out, there's no way. Who? The ones who don't? we don't give a damn about. The Vikings' best defensive tackle just opted no out. One, no one's worried about the Vikings. Travis Benjamin year. just opted out. No there's one's been worried like about Travis Eight Patriots players opted out. They the wins. Jaguars have had 12. Okay. Are we really saying the Jaguars are an NFL team? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, 12 people opt out, including their starting quarterback. Matthew Stafford opted out. Other starting quarterback. Matthew Stafford did? N- no, yeah. he got. No, he no. was put on the COVID list. And, and then I thought also. I thought Gardner Minshew was also. I thought Matthew so, Stafford opted out because of his wife. I mean, that I made. That. I, I feel like I would have seen that all over the timeline. She had like brain cancer. I know the Athletics got an article going on where they're keeping track of every player that's opted out. Um, well, well, they got till Thursday. Cool. They got till Thursday, so OBJ, uh, Tom Brady, everybody's better start opting out on Thursday. Or it's going to be full go. I'm not worried. Uh, are you all ready for FSU trivia to end off this pod? I don't know. Are you ready? I, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm more ready than ever. I'm ready to see Dustin. I don't even know what the score is anymore. I really don't. I I think I'm winning by one or two. I think it's like eight to six. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it'll probably just friggin' I don't know. I think so, uh, someone out there knows. Like ten or something. Yeah, someone that probably won't ever communicate and tell us knows. Uh, let's see. Nick Moody. Where was he drafted in the sixth round? Which team picked him? 49ers. Accurate. Ding, ding, ding. They were going to say which pick. I was going to be like, oh, God. <laughs> Dude, me too. <laughs> like, I don't know. What team picked up Mike Harris in the sixth round? Uh, I think I know the answer. I think, I, did, I think it's Jacksonville, right? Yeah, I'm, doing, I'm saying Jacksonville. Yep, Jacksonville. Yeah, that's right. What team picked up Marcus White in the seventh round in 2011? I know, but I don't want to. Dallas. Five. Washington Redskins. Four. 
Ding, ding, ding. Dustin wins. Dustin wins. The Washington football team selected. Oh, wait. Oh, God. (laughs) I I didn't mean it. No. (laughs) Wait, what what, what was the name? (laughs) The Washington Redskins. uh, Marcus White. I was thinking of Marquez. Oh, you're thinking Marquez White. Yep, yep. I got you there. I got you there, Austin. Oh, you're – I'm sorry to do that. Yeah. I mean, awesome. I, I, have to, I, have to keep, I have to keep this competition close, Marcus so, you know, I had to, like, get something going for Dustin. Uh, I'll be honest. I've also – I don't think I've ever heard the name Marcus White, to be honest with you. Dang, well, bro, he was solid. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I do not remember him at all. I mean – In 2011, I mean, he only played. Like he did only play at Florida State for two years. He was a Juco. He was a Juco signing. Maybe that's what it was. And granted, this was, this is when FSU was not fantastic. This was the big. I mean, it was the, the very beginning, of the Jimbo area, the Jimbo era. But it's like, yeah, I uh, do not do not remember him at all. It's all right, Austin. Man, like I said, not, we needed the competition to be a little bit closer. So yeah. supposedly, you told me earlier today. You texted me and said you're probably going to take an L just to keep the competition good. So yeah, yeah. The viewers up. So and the listeners appreciate that, Austin. Uh, I'm not even mad about this one. Like, sure. Yeah, gotta let Dustin. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Still gotta, gotta let. Ask another question. <laughs> no, we're already far enough. We're almost. We're about to hit an hour and a half, Dustin. I got you, a point to prove. You you can prove your just, point next week. Just tickle his fancy. Just do it. He doesn't have any more questions. What team picked up? No. What team picked up Lorenzo Booker in 2007 in the third round? No. Oh, bro, what? <laughs> Come on, guys. I don't know. Five seconds. Start guessing. The Dolphins. I already said it. I'll just. I'll go with Miami. Yeah, Miami awesome. Dolphins. Yes. I just That's why I let you go second. Or wait, I let you go first. Yeah. Whenever I knew the answer. In 2007, who picked up Chris oh. Davis in the fourth round? Oh, I actually know this. I'm waiting for Dustin. Because <laughs> <laughs> Chris Davis Chris Davis, and Buster Davis are two of my favorite players, so I know this. Oh, okay, okay. I like Buster Davis, too. Yes. Buster was awesome. Four seconds, Dustin. I got 32 teams. <laughs> if he gets this, I'm going to be so two mad. Seconds. Two seconds. Oh, One. Dude, I'll just go with... New Orleans Titans. That's just. <laughs> I don't know, bro. You could have done 2008. Just, and just like that, Dustin is now down t- down two again. Son of a nothing man. new. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it's tied this episode. I we got to break the tiebreaker this episode. No, 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 no. We, we this no. is our now. I've got to edit these. These yeah, people yeah, in Discord yeah, are going to rip me apart more, if we more. don't get it out at midnight. These kids. It's going to be a listen. minute and a half more, at the most. Which team picked up Willie Reed in 2006? Oh, oh what? In the third round. <laughs> Who? Willie Reed. What? <laughs> 2006. <laughs> Take a guess. Six Five seconds. Nine. I don't know. Four. Um, three. Oh, close in the AFC by Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, oh man. We were sniffing it. Brutal, 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 brutal. Um, <laughs> in 2011, thank you. In 2011, who picked up 
Rodney Hudson in the second round. Um, this is a good one, I think. It's a tricky. Yeah. It's not really tricky. Five seconds. It's Kansas City, right? Yeah, Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas City. Is he, uh, okay. Does he sign with the Raiders? Yep. In 2012, who picked up Zebri Sanders? Oh, I know this. Round? I do too. Oakland, right? Buffalo. Boom. Dustin gets it. Buffalo. Oh, I thought it was Oakland. Go. <laughs> I really yep. thought it was Oakland. Yep. There it goes. Dustin now is only down that by was, one. That was Menelik Watson. These That's are fun. Right. Yeah, that was Menelik. Yeah, these are fun. We'll have to do these yeah, next. two moving trash cans of offensive tackles. Damn. There goes our chance of getting them on the podcast. Appreciate it. We don't us. want them. Menelik Watson's <laughs> not getting those clicks. Oh, man. The only thing anyone remembers about those two is when they both stood still against Florida when they thought it was a false start. Oh, my God. That's probably true. Damn. Uh, but Roasting yeah, I think that's what did you say? Roasting them boys. Both of y'all have been roasting people tonight. I'm staying on the good side. I was fine with ZB Sanders. He was solid, I thought. No, he wasn't good. Wasn't Compared to what good. we've had that's recently, yeah. Yeah, but like to be, it was the same thing with when um Rick Leonard got drafted. I'm like, really? This is what we're doing? Is the offensive line play this bad in the NFL? Rick Leonard is apparently still in the NFL. Yeah, he's with Houston now. Yeah. But I think that's going to go and do it for the ending of this podcast, an hour and 30 to be exact. Definitely appreciate you guys listening. Uh, We've got some pretty cool news coming up soon um, regarding the Discord. Also, um, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play. Um, You're a if you're on iTunes, if you rate us five stars and leave a review, we will shout you out on the next podcast. Look forward to next week. We are going to jump and dive into the defensive uh, depth chart projections. Uh, and, 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 you know, football is in the air, even though Austin keeps on saying it's not going to happen. It's going to happen. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Uh, yeah. If you want to be depressing like Austin, uh, go watch paint dry like he does. Wow. Because uh, he obviously isn't seeing the trend that's going on. But uh, thanks for listening, guys. We will talk to you guys next week on Hear the Spear. You guys have a great rest of y'all's week.